0: God is indeed good to Israel. To those who have pure but I had nearly lost confidence. My faith was Because I was jealous of the proud. When I saw the things that of the wicked, they do not suffer pain, they are and They do not suffer as other people do. so they wear their pride like a necklace. They speak evil of God in heaven. This is what the wicked are like. Is it for nothing then that I give myself God? If I had said such things, I would not to to I'd try to think this problem through. When my thoughts were bitter and my thoughts
1: I was it's I did not
0: understand you, yet I always stand close to you. You guide me with your instruction. And at
1: the end, you will receive me with
0: honor. What else do I have in heaven but you? Since I have you, what else do I want on earth? My mind and my body may grow weak. But God is
1: my strength. He is all I like
0: can How wonderful to be near God, to find my protection. protection.
2: The reading is Matthew 14, verses 22 to 33. Jesus walked on the water. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up onto a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because of the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and began to sink, and cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And and when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Amen. It's, uh,
1: it's, it's a real pleasure to be worshipping with you again this morning. Uh, every time that I've joined you for worship... I felt really blessed through it, and it, it's great to be uh, with you this morning. Um, you know that in the work I do as a transitional minister, it, it involves a lot of driving. And uh, we were hearing this morning about uh, we, we, you're going to hear Jenny Travis uh, preaching with a view. And no doubt, uh, if you call her, and I do say if, I don't want to assume that that's a done deal. If you call her, one of the first things she'll do is be driving around the area just to familiarize herself with the district. And there was a a minister who'd arrived in a a town starting a, a new ministry. And he thought he'd just go for a drive to familiarize himself with the area. And as he was driving down this road, a cat ran out and went straight under the car. And he thought, oh, no. I'm just trying to get well accepted here and I've run over somebody's cat. But he thought he'd do the honest thing, so he got out of the car and knocked on the door of the uh, where the cat had come out and a little old lady came to the door. And he thought, oh no, not only have I killed a cat, I've killed somebody's best friend. And he said, I'm, I'm terribly sorry about this. He said, but I think I may have run over your cat. And she said, well, what did the cat look like? And he went And as she said, no, I don't mean what it looked like after you'd run over it. What what did the cat look like before you ran over it? And he went (laughs) (laughs) I remember when I was just uh, starting in in Liverpool and uh, I was going for a walk around the area there and I saw this mission hall. And it had a a big notice outside. It said, if you've done with sin, come on within. And somebody had written underneath it in a felt-tip pen, if not, phone Tracy on 0151. (laughs) The the story we've just heard of Jesus walking on the water is a very dramatic story. And it follows immediately after the feeding of the 5,000. And Jesus had sent the disciples on ahead whilst he dismissed the crowd. And then he went up a hill by himself to pray. And I think we should never pass any mention of Jesus going off by himself to pray without highlighting it. It was something that was woven into the fabric of his life. His making time to be on his own to pray. To use a phrase of Carlo to Caretto, to restore in prolonged silence the stuff of the soul. And we need to learn from the example of Jesus. We need to build prayer into our daily routine. If not, then we find that we're running on empty. But whilst Jesus was on that hill praying, the disciples were struggling in the boat. Matthew doesn't say it was a storm, but the wind and the waves were making it difficult for them. And then Jesus came to them walking on the water. And they were terrified. They thought they'd seen a ghost. How else could you explain somebody walking on the water? But Jesus spoke to reassure them and said, Don't be afraid. It is I. And Peter is well impressed. He thinks to himself, I'd like a little bit of that too. So he said to Jesus, Lord, if it's really you, order me to come to you on the water. Come, said Jesus. So Peter got out of the boat and started walking to Jesus. Notice that. He was walking towards Jesus, and at first it was going well, but then he noticed the strong wind and the size of the waves and kind of thought, "Uh uh-oh, maybe this wasn't such a good idea. There's no safety rail in this swimming pool. And his courage failed him, and he began to sink. And in panic, he screams out, save me, Lord, And Jesus reached out and grabbed hold of him. And they both got into the boat. Now the thing that really struck me when I was reading this passage recently was the way Jesus reached out his hand and grabbed the hand of Peter when he saw he was sinking. It's a parable of how when we are struggling... Jesus reaches out his hand to stop us from sinking. Now I wonder which other occasions you can remember when Jesus took someone by the hand. This isn't a rhetorical question now. I'm wondering how many examples you can think of when Jesus reached out and took somebody by the hand. If I don't get some answers, this service is going to take even, even longer than I was thinking. That's right, Jairus' daughter. Uh, that After she'd been healed, he took her by the hands and helped her to her feet. Very good. You can see why he's an elder, isn't it? Any of the other elders want to show off their Bible? Are we struggling, are we? He blessed them, but he didn't take them by the hand, but he blessed them with his hands. Here, Can you remember when Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law who was sick with a fever and he took her by the hand and helped her to her feet? You may be able to remember the story of Jesus healing the epileptic boy after he'd come down from the Mount of the Transfiguration and uh, he took him by the hand. And uh, there's also the time when uh, he took a blind man by the hand and led him out of the village so that he could be alone to pray with him. Now three of these involved Jesus healing someone who had been ill, uh, Peter's mother-in-law, Jairus's daughter, and the epileptic boy. The first two were lying on their sick bed and the young boy after his convulsion was lying on the ground. And Jesus takes them by the hand and helps them to their feet. And I'm sure that many of us can think of times when we were low. And it was as though Jesus took us by the hand and helped us back on our feet. In times when we were feeling sad or low or anxious, we experienced a deep calm within. And in that moment of peace, we were restored and lifted to our feet again. The other occasion when Jesus took someone by the hand was the blind man who he led out of the village to a place where they could be alone. And for us too, there are moments when it's as if Jesus took us by the hand and led us to the place that is right for us. That certainly is the experience of anybody who's been called to ministry. We were led to that place. And we'll be praying that we will experience his leading us when we hear Jenny preach in two weeks today. Is she the person that God is calling to be your next minister? It's a time to pray that we will be led by the Holy Spirit. And this image of God taking us by the hand is one that we also find in the Old Testament. Did you notice those words in Psalm 73? I always stay close to you, and you hold me by the hand. You guide me with your instructions, and at the end you will receive me with honor. This is such a powerful image that Jesus reaches out to take us by the hand in times of crisis or when we are feeling low or when we need leading. It's, the, it's there in one of the ancient hymns we, sung, we, we sing, I sink in life's alarm when by myself I stand. Imprison me within thine arms, and strong shall be my hand. But where do we find the helping hand of Jesus today? Yes, there are moments when our spirits are lifted in prayer, or when we know deep within that a particular path is the way that God wants for us but can he reach out to us in a way that is perhaps a bit more tangible? Rob Parsons has a great story of a little boy who one night called down from his bedroom, "'Mummy, I'm scared.' "'I can't come right now,' yells back his harassed mum. "'Well, then send Dad. "'He can't come either. "'He's busy.' And then she adds, remember, God is with you. There was a moment's silence, and then the voice came back, get up here, I need someone with skin on. (laughs) Do you ever watch Call the Midwife? From time to time, there's some wonderful theology in that. You know, Sister Monica Joan, the old one, bit eccentric, maybe starting to lose the plot a bit. In one episode, she said, the hands of the Almighty are often at the end of our arms. The hands of the Almighty are often at the end of our arms. How does Jesus reach out a helping hand to those in need today today? through his people. God's love is not beamed down from heaven like radio waves. God's love was made flesh in Jesus. It had skin on it. And God's love continues to be made flesh through his people today. I wonder if any of you when you were young sang that children's song Uh, You'll get the words on the screen now. Jesus' hands were kind hands, doing good to all, healing pain and sickness, blessing children small, washing tired feet and saving those who fall. Jesus' hands were kind hands, doing good to all. Take my hands, Lord Jesus. Let them work for you. Make them strong and gentle, kind in all I do. Let me watch you, Jesus, till I'm gentle too, till my hands are kind hands, quick to work for you. Maybe it's difficult to call to mind when it felt that Jesus was taking you by the hand and raising you up. I'm sure that no one here will find it difficult to remember a time... When one of God's people took us by the hand and helped us back to our feet. I'm going to show you now a, a picture of the main arch in the Abbey at Iona. And if you notice, there are two arches, one above the other. The top one is the original arch. And they realized that it wasn't strong enough to carry the weight of the tower. And so the arch underneath it was built to support the upper arch. And isn't that often our experience, that when we've been struggling, it's as though somebody held us up. And that is our calling today, to be the hands of Jesus. And it's well expressed in those lines, Jesus has no hands but our hands to do his work today. Jesus has no feet but our feet to lead men to his way. I'd like you to listen to a song now. You're going to see the words on the screen. It's a song from the Iona community and those of you who are Scottish will recognize or maybe recognize the tune. It's called Dream Angus. That's what John Bell has done on many occasions, taken a a traditional Scottish folk tune and set new words to it. But it's a a song that reminds us of our role in the world. We're gonna hear it and see it now. And that's what we're called to be. A place where through us, Christ touches the lives of those who are hurting or have been marginalized. But when we look carefully at the hands of Jesus reaching out to help us, we notice that they bear the mark of nails. And that changes everything. You see, Jesus' hands weren't just kind hands doing good to all. Jesus Jesus wasn't crucified for being nice to people. The marks of the nails tell us about the way Jesus loves us, It's a totally committed love, which holds nothing back. It's a self-sacrificing love. It's loving to the limit. It's a love that leads to the cross. And that is the kind of love which Jesus calls for in those who have agreed to take up their cross and follow him. Now, I wanted to deliver this sermon in two parts because it came to me in two stages. I'd written what I thought was a rather interesting sermon about the hands of Jesus and not without a certain amount of challenge. And then the thought came to me that when we look at the hands of Jesus, they bear the mark of nails. And I couldn't really see how the hands of Jesus bearing the mark of nails was going to fit in with what I'd said so far. And then Jean and I were away at Llandudno for a weekend and we went to church on the Sunday morning. And the preacher was talking about add-on Christianity. And then the penny dropped. That's what we all want. Add on Christianity. We want the same things as everyone else. A well-paid job, a comfortable standard of living, a nice house, holidays abroad. We want the same things as everyone else, but with a little bit of inner peace as well. A bit of joy and a bit of grace added on. We want the same things as everyone else but with God's blessing added on. Add on Christianity. But Jesus is calling for something far more radical than that. He invites us to take up our cross and to follow him. To love like he loves. To love in a way that costs. To love in a way that is self-giving. Jesus doesn't want to be just an add-on. He wants to be at the center of our lives. To have control over the way we think and act and spend. Now, please don't think I'm trying to put you on some kind of guilt trip as though I somehow was above all this. As Bono said in a recent interview, you only preach what you need to hear. I'm part of this too, and that's why I recognize the symptoms. I needed to write this sermon to challenge me. In the passage we heard from the New Testament, we heard how Jesus reached out a helping hand to Peter when he was in danger of drowning. And there have been many times when Jesus through his people has reached out a hand to help us when we were in danger of going under. And this morning we recommit ourselves to that ministry to be the hands of Jesus today For those who need our help, some close at hand, others far away. But when we look carefully at the hands of Jesus, we see that they bear the mark of nails. And we pray that the love that we offer in the name of Jesus won't be just an add-on, a fringe interest. But that kind of love will be at the center of who we are and at the center of the life of this church. Amen.